You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. Slightly. Impact your world, leaving a legacy that changes lives and the world. Is your legacy determined by the number you affect or the effect on the number? Sorry, just say that again. I was going to say both. I was going to say, aren't they the same? Is your legacy determined by the number you affect or the effect on the number? I think I think I think society would view it as the number you affect, but I think depending on the on what effect you've had on on the people who maybe it matters to, they might argue it's the effect you've had on them. You could have an amazing effect on one single person where you completely turn their life around, which maybe it hasn't got the mainstream. No, just generally society's society has has not been made aware of that of that effect you've had on that one person. But to that person, you've had the you've you've been the most impactful thing in their life ever. So I've how did I start start it off? As I no, said, you're on the right track. Yeah, I think, I, think right track. I think it it it's. Oh, I can't remember I started the sentence, but exactly the point. The example I just gave matches back to how I started the sentence, and that's the point I was making. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to kind of. Um, feed off what you were saying is is why I, I put the question out there because I think it is the effect on the number rather than how many because you can be a parent or you can be a coach and if you've saved as the saying goes if I've just saved one life then I'm happy with that kind of thing do you know what I'm saying so if you can affect it's almost like having a butterfly effect so if I teach a bunch of kids I've got I've got five kids that I'm, I'm mentoring and I give them the energy that helps them not to necessarily become mentors, but they affect another five people. And that compounds. That they, those five people that they've helped go help another five people. That's now, another, that's now I'm almost at 25 just from those five people that I've now mentored and helped. And that compounds to another 25. You do, do you know what I mean? And that continues. So... You may not directly have the effect on the masses, but invertibly, you actually are having an effect on the masses just from those five people because your, your legacy compounds over the amount of people that those people touch and the amount of time that it goes reverberates through history and through time. And Yeah, that's, that's my thought on it. An easy comparison, the easy win straight away is with um, the, maybe the garage or grime scene. And how the fact that people can actually make a solid living, buy a house, buy yeah. mum's houses. Whereas when we were going 15, 20 years ago to our under and over 18s, they were getting mm. £150 for the hour spitting. And it, it was a side hobby, a weekend thing once they had their Monday to Friday. But what, mm. the, what they've done, the effort they put in, has now compounded to the fact that they've now got a sustainable economy within yeah. that scene. Yeah, fair Gompi, I know you're going to jump in this. So. Oh no, 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 no. Um, if I'm honest, I felt there's not, there's not, there's nothing I can really add to what both of you said. If I'm honest, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I was unsure at the. I was no, I was unsure at the time, but I would agree in that the latter um, is the effect of is is the is yes the effect on that that one person in particular, or maybe a few people that matters more than affecting a um, I don't know a wide group of people, but maybe having very little effect. Yeah, yeah, well put. Um, so it talks about having a mentor and how important they can be. How easy is it to find a suitable mentor? Um, I I if, similar to the, to, the, to, the, to the way the universe works, if, I, if you're putting the feelers out then you're putting that, that, that feeling out there, that, that's what you want. I think you get, it will get drawn to you or you'll get drawn to it or you'll meet in the middle, essentially. Honestly, I don't... Honestly, like, there's a lot of things that have happened where I've just... Even in the working world, I've just put feelers out and put that that feeling out there. This is what I want to do, and it it the, the way the world and the universe works. You kind of it's you motion. It just you motion. You you kind of come together. You'll eventually get there. I honestly think it's just about putting. If that's what you want, speak it into existence. Put the feelers out. Do your little. You, you might have left an imprint on a website, and then next minute you get an advertisement another day on another website because you've left that imprint. It's similar in the way of the world. Like you're speaking to friends about something that you want to do, and all of a sudden that somehow gets to someone, and it comes. You kind of meet. I just feel like if it's if French, I know that you've. I don't know if you still do, or if you want to talk about it. But I know you've had a mentor in the past. I don't know if you still do, but how you could probably talk about your experience and how you managed to get that mentor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, to, I guess to summarise what you were saying in terms of putting up feeders and uh, constantly putting it out there, I think there was a point where I was saying I could do. I need a mentor in this business. Like I need someone that I can go and ask questions. And it just so happened someone that we work with that was that was basically uh, subcontracting us jobs. I asked him, I asked him, I said out flat, look, I'd like you to be my mentor. And he said, yeah, essentially. Um, it's not, it's not like the, the typical mentor shit where we talk every day, but it is a point of, it is a point of contact where I can get information on the industry or if I feel um, there's a move that I want to make or consider, He's always there to answer the phone and, and talk it through with me or give me his best advice or his experience. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I agree with what you're saying, but maybe because I'm also aware of the fact that the kind of mentor I was looking for, I haven't yet found, but at the same time, maybe it's not the kind of mentor I actually need. So sometimes you... You don't always get what you want, you get what you need. Mm. So in, in that sense, I agree with what you're saying. Was we, have I, am I dreaming or imagining this? Was, did we have this conversation with Swift as well? About men, about, did we have this conversation? Yeah, I asked did he have mentors? Yeah. Um, did you want to answer, P? Yeah, no. Um, like, I agreed and disagreed with Mason in, in some essence. Like, I do believe, obviously, mm. once you put things out into... The universe, things will um, things will transpire. Don't disagree with that in any way, shape, or form. But what I would say is, I think to find someone who um, 
we all don't necessarily want the same thing in life. I think a lot of people have gone down different paths. So to find that one person specifically who has done exactly what you've done or something very, very similar, sometimes can be, I think, a bit more difficult to find. Yeah, it can be a little bit more difficult to find. And I think I've there's been very, very small times and periods to which I've been looking for maybe someone to maybe help or assist. And, I, and I, I'm not entirely sure whether it's as easy as it sounds. But what I would say is that I think there are many people, and I don't want to necessarily maybe I don't ne- don't want to necessarily lean on the subject of books. But I think there are a number of people I think who have obviously have gone down your path before, very similar to like role models who you can look at and take inspiration from. You know, I mean, I'm looking at there's obviously there's a bit in a piece. Um, in the book in, in chapter five as to Nelson Mandela and the reason why I kind of actually I would hold him in, in I hold him in high regard and, and, and I don't want to say an idol because I'm not too sure that's the, the word I'm looking for but I remember being away and with some of the things that I was thinking about some of the things that I was going through I used Mar- Mandela as a, as a comparison I used to think, think to myself if, I was going, if I'm going through problems right now and I remember I was 27 at the time I thought Nelson Mandela did 27 years in jail so like the problems I'm going through now, Nelson Mandela went through those problems and my lifetime. So like, not that I'm equal to Nelson Mandela, but if he was able to get through those problems, then surely I can do so. This, I can do so also. Mm-hmm. Or I can find my way. Do, um, do you know why? I, the, the, uh, this is just sprung to mind actually, Pete, but the whole like universe thing, yeah? Um, it's just slightly away from, from mentoring, but like, the other day, you were speaking about oh, that you, you wanted to get your hair done. And obviously, that was a thought that you had in your brain. Yeah. I don't know who, I, don't, I kind of, I'm not sure who to go to. You, this, this, what I'm, sorry, I'm thinking for you now. I'm not sure who to go to. Let me put it out in the universe. Let me, let me send a, cu- a couple of texts out. Oh, does anyone know of someone, blah, blah, blah. And I, I knew of someone who knew of someone. And straight away, not straight away, but eventually those dots connected to where you had that conversation with that person. To, to whether or not you want to get your hair done and how to do it and all that. It's just little things like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Where you connect up the dots. I don't know. I, 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 I totally agree. No, I, yeah, I don't disagree in English before. I think, I think that's a very good example. Um, I just... With this dynamic specifically, I just think it's a little bit... I think it's a, it can be a little bit more difficult. Yeah. I, just, yeah. I mean, yeah. sorry. Sorry, can I use you as an example, friend? So, like, there's no, there's no sense of underwhelmed in any way shape or form because your mentor is helping you but I get the sense that you're looking for a different type of mentor which you haven't quite found yet whereas the mentor you have at this moment in time he works for what you're doing in your industry but maybe for and I'm just speaking for how you want to develop as a person or in other aspects of business you haven't quite found that person or you would like to find that person or you haven't found that person yeah yeah, no, yeah. I, I mean I, I said that still I did say that I mean as I said I think Sometimes maybe this isn't the stage for me to get the, the mentor that I want, but, but maybe he's the mentor that I need to, to progress where I need to get to. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, both points are valid, to be honest. Like you both made uh, great points and I agree with both. Um, there's not really any way to really split that in, in that essence. But he, he speaks on being a mentor and what he, sp- what he says, which is on page 89, is... So I pulled to the school with my beamer, walk in the class with my jewelry on, and show them up close how I can floss and look like the other favourite rappers or athletes. 
but I happen to run my own business and I'm my own boss. Many, many of the kids are shocked to find out that I can be successful, that I can be a successful business owner and still dress like the guys in the street that they idolised. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've had that conversation already, so I don't want to go over it, but it reverts back to the questions in regards to what we can do to influence the next generation by being an example. Um, he also goes on to say, never forget that our true greatness lies within leaving an impact that will make a life greater for the awesome generations to follow. This is how we truly carry out our legacy, which also again reverts back to the question um, asked about the effect on the number or the effect of that number, on that number. Uh, we're going to move on to chapter six, but before we do, is there anything else that you guys wanted to mention? Um, not specifically, no. I think there are a number of points in the book, but I think they'll be quite scattered, so I'd, I'd avoid that. Cool. So chapter six, he speaks on education. What amazed me about reading this book was that I could visualize everything going down just like it was a movie. It was even better in a way because everything that happened, and just to give context, uh, he's referring to a Donald Goins book. And if you don't know who Donald Goins is, he's a black author that speaks of, um, I guess, black experiences in, in the USA. Um, he speaks a lot of the, lot of the criminal lifestyle, not necessarily glamorizing it, but just just giving it a perspective of reading it rather than just watching and read and, and listening to music. So he's an author, he's a well-known author, Donald Goins, look him up if you don't know who he is. He, he, he writes some great books. But um, actually, I think even in this book, he might be talking about Iceberg Slim, one of the two, but either way, Pimp, is a great book by Iceberg Slim, also recommended as well. So moving on. What amazed me about reading this book was that I could visualize everything going down just like it was a movie. It was even better in a way because everything that happens in the book could be brought to life through my own perspective and imagination. I didn't know books could put out those kinds of gangster plots and twists to draw in somebody like me. So yeah, just to go back, he is talking about Donald Goins and he's reading the books when he's in jail. So the question being, what were the first books that you read that got you into reading and what suggestions would you give to the YGs to get into reading? Um, I'm not too sure if it was the first book I read, but um, it was, I think it was, I was going to say Think and Grow Rich, but it was one of those, the, um, the Art of War might have been like, that wasn't the first, but it was not far off. But think and grow rich, and there might be one or two before, like in that that kind of realm. What about you, Mace? Um, right, so, what would you, all right, before you answer, Mace, what what would you suggest to some of the young gunners out there? In relation to what? In relation to picking up a book? Yeah, just like to get into reading. Um, I've there's a couple of things. Um, first thing it depends if they say like they're on the they're on the if they're young gunners, proper young drillers, like on the road yeah. drillers. And I would, I would suggest giving them or them reading a book about a similar, someone who's lived a similar life or a similar lifestyle and, and but, um, has, not but, has now grown into adulthood and the consequences or effects or how they've changed or even what they're doing now, just so they can get a perspective of how their life might possibly go, going forward from the point that they're at. 
what what books um, what was some of the first books that you read that got you into reading I can't even recall. There was that book, and I can't remember. It was a Jamaican book when I was... I must have been about nine, and I just... I can't remember the name of it. I'd have to actually ask my mother, but I can't remember the name of it that I would read over and over and over again that I can't remember... I can't recall. Um, more recently, I think I mentioned before, I thought Trevor Noah's book was, was exceptional. His, his, his life story. I thought that was pretty exceptional, and I'd, I'd advise people to read that just because I just thought it was an exceptional, an exceptional book about... I don't know. It was well, about his life, but I just, there was many aspects I took out of it that I really liked. What about you, um, P? Like, what suggestions would you give to any of the YGs there? Um, I think Mace was like, pretty much spot on. Um, I think more often than not, I think, you know, to begin with, my first thought was to read something that had a lot of imagination. Um, but if you're, t- you know, still, I would, I would still actually advise advise some, someone to read something that had a bit of imagination. So not necessarily a book that was non-fiction. I'm sorry, a book that was, yeah, a book that was non-fiction. But at the same time, I think these were some of the first books that I I read as well, you know, that were non-fiction and had a lot of structure to it by way of self-improvement. But at the same time, Mason's suggestion as to reading something that someone wrote that shared similarities with their life and because they've lived out their story and lived out their life, it will resonate with them a lot more. And then they'll probably go out and look to seek some of these answers in other books. It, with the YG question, it depends. If, they, if they're YGs who, who, who want a change and they want to go in a different, certain direction, then I wouldn't advise them to read. Then or, I, think already I think already they're ready for that change. They don't need to read a book on someone who's lived the same lifestyle. And, and this, is, this has been the consequences of that lifestyle and how it's affected them, positive or negative going forward. If they're ready for that change and actually need to read a book um, to give them inspiration or influence, then you're going to recommend them something like a, a, um, a shoe dog or something like that, something that's entrepreneurial for them to to, um, to kind of look up to, in, to inspire that kind of book. So it just depends on where they are where they're at, their, at that current moment within their, within their, their life and mindset. Or like another book, I mean, it's the book that got a lot of people going, you know, at least thinking. And a lot of us are quite young at that point in reading, like The Alchemist. I mean, like it's the one book like that a lot of people will say over and over again that got people thinking to begin with. And it just expands your mind outside of your immediate um, environment, you know, and takes your mind a little bit further than, I don't want to say your area, but again, I'll, I'll use the word again, your environment. And it encourages thinking. And then I don't, from there, I, I can only hope which what books are for that encourages you to seek more knowledge. Cool. Um, he mentions that he also wrote a book from Crumbs to Bricks. And this, yeah, let me, do you know what? Let me ask that last question as well. Um, do you know what? When you said The Alchemist, Pete, what books sprang to me, and I guess, as you said, Mace, as well, depends on what stage they are and where, where they are mentally in terms of whether they're in the transitional stage or they're at the, they're still knee-deep in this thing and just like any book will do almost sort of vibe. But one book I think would re- resonate on either side of that, that fence, I think, would be The Richest Man in Babylon because it talks about money, it talks about money literacy, 
And at the end of the day, whether you're on the roads or off the roads and, and doing the legit thing, you're going to need to learn how to manage your money. And I think um, The Richest Man in Babylon is one of the one, a great book I personally find as, as a way to be financially literate. So that's probably my suggestion to, to a YG to read, um, whether they're, as I said, whether they're active or not. Um, one of the first books that I read, I think I already mentioned it, was, was Malcolm X. That was an influential book for me. But as I said before, I was reading comics and magazines. So that was like my first reading. Then I, my parents would get us books here and there to read as well. Then plus going out to the library every weekend. So I was, he- I was probably heavily into reading from earlier. So I couldn't even tell you what the first book that I, I read and whatever, whatnot. But I just remember just, I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but I used to just like reading everything. Like when we was going to, when we was like out with my mum and she getting her hair done, we're at the hairdressers and you just got to be sitting there while she got that big thing over her head. I'll just read the magazines that was there or when we go to the GP surgery, I'll read all the leaflets and the flyers just, just, just to be doing something, just to not be bored, just to read. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's where my, um, I guess, uh, passion for reading comes from, just from early. But he mentions he wrote another book called From Crumbs to Bricks and he talks about the power of reading and he makes a statement on page 97 where he says, reading exercises, reading exercises your brain muscles. They are free weights for the mind. And also goes on to mention on page 101, the power of a degree. Now we've all, we've all been to university um, fully booked, so... Do degrees still have a place in this day and age of society presently? Good question. Do you want to go first, P or me? Um, I think it's a simple answer, really. I think, yeah, yeah, I think they do have a place in society, but I think now there's a bit more, let's say, flexibility in relation to your experience and, and some of the other skill sets that you can offer. So there's nothing wrong with a degree, but... I mean, as, as later on in this chapter, it goes on to talking about Google, YouTube, university, and again, things of that nature as well. And, and even like the 20 hours of, of study, which can provide you with knowledge into a new subject. Knowing what, I, knowing what I know now and what I didn't know then, I think if you're, if at that, if at, well, in the UK, the kind of typical university age is between 18 and 21 or, or 19 and 22, whatever it is, yeah? Knowing what I know now at this age, I think a degree is always, I think, a de- right, first and foremost, a degree shows a good way to, to kind of, it shows a good way that a good it's a good way to show that you could be committed to something for a certain amount of time, stick with it, get through it and produce results at the end of it. So that's that regardless, that's always a good thing. It shows that, you know, you're in it, you can be into something for the long run, even when times get hard, you still stay solid and strong. What I would say is on your choice of, of what you want to do in life, it might not always be relevant. The only problem is in some, in some kind of schools of society, 
it's seen to sh it's, it's almost seen as an academic level of, of where you're at academically which is, isn't always the case the same with schools with some amazing people even Christopher Friedman who struggle at school because of the um because of because of the way the education system is set up it's not designed how they want how they how they learn and how they work and how they operate and a lot of a lot of times um, um schooling prepares you for a job it doesn't prepare you for leadership or for to become um a business owner a lot of it is prepared for even the structure of schooling with a, a, a regiment of you know nine till three and one break or whatever and then as you get older into college it can be from nine till five that even the regiment is preparing you for like the, the world of everyday work so going back to the degree um yes it's it's, it's good because it shows it, it shows that you can stick to something um but what i would say is in terms of going to attain a degree if it's relevant within what you want to do in your field, if it's 100% relevant, you need to have that, then yes. If it's not, and as Poco pointed out, you can get your kind of mastery of a particular topic or subject area and then use that skill either even via, um, or even going out and doing an apprenticeship or getting experience elsewhere and then use that skill to develop yourself whether you want to have your own business or just go further afield within your field of work. A degree is not relevant in my opinion. Um, yeah, no, great, great points, great points. Um, I believe that, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to go over everything that you just said, um, both of you, because I agree, I agree, basically. I think there is a place for degrees, um, even though I haven't ended up using it particularly, I could still go back on it if ever I need to. But in regards to even... Um, reverting back to what you're saying in terms of like Chris, uh, the author, and how he wasn't necessarily able to learn academically how he would like to learn. Mm. Um, and reverting back to, again, what you were saying about it just makes you, it sets you up to work in a job. And I definitely felt that, like even with the degree that I done, essentially, now that I think about it, they were, even as I was doing it, because I was, I was when I was obviously in union, I was still on the roads. I was still, I was still doing what I was doing. So I, I already had that business sense and business acumen. So even I remember one, one particular um, lecture, and our lecturer was talking about um, where we can go on to and like get jobs in football clubs or get jobs here, and I was like. Fuck that, excuse my language. Forget all that. I'm just gonna set up my own business. I'm just gonna set up my own thing and set up my own clinic. Clinic. That was initially what my my thought process is. And I remember he was talking about being able to talk to, to clients and stuff. I was like, I do that every day, B. That's nothing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, but we never had a module on how to set up our own business or set up like be your own boss because essentially when you learn to do sports therapy it's very you could you can literally step out of uni and set up your own business because you're a qualified therapist which i know one of my friends has done and went on to do but um you don't get shown that you get shown go into an establishment that's already made and become a worker essentially and we get taught how to be workers throughout the whole educational system. So on that note, I don't think it's particularly great, but as you pointed out, Mace, it shows commitment 
and there was a lot of other skills that I did actually learn besides doing the um, actual sports therapy course. So one of the things that I definitely took from it and I really enjoyed, but I didn't realise till after, was the research methods, which we learned in the first year. And if you don't know what research methods is, it's basically learning how to research. And that mean, if that means researching the researcher itself. So, for example, you can... You may read something in the news or the newspaper. Instead of just taking that as gospel, you researched the, the article. Who wrote that article? Why did they write that article? What's their position? Did they get paid by the person that they're trying to deframe or not deframe? Do you know what I mean? So you, you peel back a few layers and that's, that's research methods. That taught me a lot in just how to go about um, learning about new, new uh, whatever it is, new, new modalities or in research to a book or whatever that you may be writing about, not just take everything because face value, being able to um, look at the sides and look at the different angles that the particular person or industry may be trying to promote. So again, that reverts to, I think we've spoken about it on another issue and another book, but you get pharmaceutical companies that will pay for a study to be done and make sure that the results are skewed that their product is looked at in a good light. Now, you wouldn't know that until, unless you've done research methods where you would look at who's, who's paid for that study and what they, what they will be looking to gain from the particular results. So you can say, I'm not going to believe that, that, that study is not going to be viable because it's been paid for by that industry, which we've seen in, uh, what is it, what not to eat. Was it, was it not what to eat, how not to die? Okay. So the doc, yeah, so the doctor spoke about a lot of that, the uh, studies when it came to beef and milk, like the milk industry. A lot of the milk companies would make studies to make it look like milk is good for you, that it's healthier, it's good for your calcium and all that. But that's not actually the case. But if you actually done, if you researched it a bit more, you'd find out that it was the milk companies that were back in the studies the results you put out as they are but um, I digress mm-hmm. moving on to the secret treasures of life the fable about the rule of the world over time this fable has been twisted and condensed to if you want to hide something from a black man put it in a book and that's on page 110 how does that make you feel well, the first thing that came to mind was, well, we weren't even bloody allowed to read. So, I mean, of course, if you hit something in a book, we're able to find it. Um, I, I don't know. There's a part of me that couldn't, I, I don't even care. I don't even care at this point. Um, but looking back then, um, yeah, of course, it was it was disrespectful. But now, I, no, I don't, I don't feel no way about it now. Of course, it's very disrespectful, but times have changed. Mm-hmm. What about you, mate? Yeah, I feel the same too, man. Like, I, when, when I hear that statement now, I just, I thought, I just feel completely disrespected. But, yeah, I just feel disrespected. We're not, we're not Ill- illiterate fools, you know what I mean? We're not illiterate fools. It, that is, it's just completely disrespectful. But, at the, you know, going back in time, P and French, you alluded to it earlier about the fact that, you know, you had to dumb yourself down. You couldn't even be seen to be, to be able to, 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 um, to understand or be able to, read um scripture or english or whatever language it was back in the day and like mm-hmm. we're in a different era now we're actually 
even though you have to question your source of information, as you've rightly pointed out, French research research methods, you can now go on Google. Like, a lot, like if there's something you want to find out, you can now go onto your um onto your web browser, search, research, you know, counter search, and yeah, you, you should still read your books. Still a lot of information in books, but there's other forms and methods of now gathering information as well. Better research those jokers as well on Google too. But I mean, <laughs> but like, yeah, Google and you and YouTube are very good sources of information. Um, is there anything else before we move on to chapter seven? No, there's nothing else. No, um, no, I mean, not really. I mean, honestly, not really. Um, there's no. I've taken a number of notes, but I mean, I think we've covered quite a bit. So obviously, it speaks about the twenty hours. Um, yeah, you mentioned it before, see how he said, obviously, I always thought reading was for nerds and cornballs, as he said. But obviously, once he discovered um, reading was good, he said, obviously, you can travel through... Oh, you can travel any place in the world by reading a book. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that is... Yeah, no, we've gone through the 20... Yeah, the power of the degree and a few other things as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm done. You sure? Yeah, yeah, I'm done, yeah. Ah, cool. Um, chapter seven, million, trans, million, trans, million dollar transactions. So how Dope Boy's skills trans, translate to a successful entrepreneur? Dope Boys often understand that the inner and outer energy it takes to exude that intangible it factor. And that's on page one, two, three. Can you still possess the it factor without the most luxurious material possessions? 100%, man. 100, 110%, man. Um, like, there's like people that are, there's people that are stopped, not stop what I'm doing, but if they speak, I'm listening. Or if they, if, if, yeah, if they, yeah, if they speak, I'm listening. I'm trying to think. Um, who have I said this about before? Ah, even, um, thing, Dame, Dame Dash. I just love getting his perspective and opinions. And I, to be, to be completely honest, I haven't researched if he's doing really, really well in terms of business, if he's not doing bad. But if he's, when he speaks, I listen because actually he gives me that motivation or enthusiasm or inspiration to kind of up, up, your, up your game, essentially. Like, he gives you that drive. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, definitely. What about you, Pete? Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore, really. No, I think... You, I don't want to say you got it or you ain't got it, but, I mean, you don't need to flaunt in order to demonstrate that you have an it factor. I mean, I mean, I don't want to say it's common knowledge, but we all know, I mean, diamonds, you find diamonds in a rough. And that's not necessarily, um, I'm not necessarily saying that in relation to your environment, but diamonds, those with an it factor, don't necessarily just jump up and then they're flossing. You know what I mean? They, they start off rough and then they gradually become polished, polished and polished stones. Yeah. I mean the other thing as well is when I think the age right now, when you see I know with me anyway, sometimes I can right through like some people they've they've flawed it and they've got it, they've got it like visually, but you know they've got the they've got it behind all that as well. Some people I swear I can just see right through them. I can see they're they're wearing it. They're like take me seriously with what I'm wearing and I can see right through it sometimes. Honest to God, I can see right through it. Yeah, that's 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 most of the time though. Hmm. 
That's most of the time, everyone like man will wear all their jewels, all their all their, all their drip, and that's all they bring to the table. It's just just what you can see. They have got nothing up there. Mm. Sorry, sorry to like change the subject ever so just ever, just ever so slightly, but I mean we discussed it with with George and we've discussed it here today. Like, how do you convince a child? Uh, yeah, I, I want to say a child, but I mean a teenager who's making as much as George was to put to put it all down or to stop. I mean, we discussed obviously. Well, that's well, that's that's the point of going back to personal personal responsibility. Like, you can you can drop all the gems to to someone all you like, but. Sometimes you just got to feel. Yeah. Well, it's hard. It's like, all right, cool. It's like, let's take it back to one of our first fully booked meets. Or is it? No, it wasn't even our first fully booked meets. But going back to when we was rapping with um, being Alfie, and he was saying at a time when he was making a lot of bread, he was arrogant with it. No one could chat to him, even if it had good intention, even if they were saying the right thing. When you're in that zone, when you're getting bred like that, it doesn't matter who's talking to you. You're not going to hear it until you feel it. So, so in that situation, if the, in that scenario, you just got to hold. You you are either going to unfortunately hold a bird, or even worse, end up getting clapped or licked down. Mm. It's just as as Mace pointed out. It's just the way of life. Sometimes, bro, it's just it is what it is. Like some things can't be. You can teach something, you can you can reiterate something, but some things you have to feel it. Like you have to physically be in that position. You've got to be in that tight spot before you realise, all right, cool. This ain't it. Yeah. You know what? The more like the more we we speak and we have this conversation, I've been thinking about this phrase over the past couple of days, and maybe it's just come in and out of conversation, because I think we had this conversation maybe with George as well, as to Smart people learn from this mate. Smart people learn from their mistakes, and wise people learn from the mistakes of others. Um, I don't know. Is that just? A, is that just? Um, I don't know. Just a bunch of nice words put together. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I mean be serious because, like, like when you're, as you mentioned, being Alfie. Like, we gotta be honest. When you're young, um, and I want to use that phrase like, in the context of being young, like, when, when, you don't know no different in that, when the money's coming in, you believe it's never going to end. Mm. Sorry, go on, French. No, 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 cool. I was, just, I forgot what I was going to say now. So there's a, there's a couple of things. Um, so with, um, French touched on, great, great reverting back to also when we've done crushing it with, with being out actually, because he, both himself and um, Swift made the same point. I, I hadn't even put uh, put the dots together about arrogance when they had the money. No one could tell them anything. Guess what? You're trying to tell me this, but everything's going swimmingly well. Unfortunately, with um, Swift, he had to get. If he'd got two and a half years, he would have come out and done the same thing. He knows that he had to. He had to get that big number, and then the realization hit him, and then it would have hit me more when he we realized at 25, 26. He, 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 He's missed out on the majority of his 20s, but he ain't going to see... 20s are your best year. Like, 20s are... You can do everything at your 20s. So, you're pretty much are your best years. He's missed out on the most of them. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm. The other thing I'll say is that you, what, the reference you made, P, about um, wise people learn from the mistakes of others. So, whether or not... And I'm going to go back. 
because I'm trying to personalise it. Going back to the point I've raised a couple of times uh, with my dad and my brother, um, whether they make mistakes or not, to me, it was a mistake and I learned. I'm not going to smoke. I'm not going to, do you know what I mean? I'm not going to do certain things because I, I, I learned from their, from, from their ways. Do you get what I'm saying? So I think, that, I think it, as I said, I think it depends, on, it depends on how close that mistake that person made how much is if it's had an impact on you or an influence on you, and how close that thing was to you? That's what I think uh, the the factors are. Okay. Okay. Um, so next, well, not next chapter, but next part is talks about being a business strategist. At the end of the day, the dope boy, as misguided and doomed as he is, is the ultimate entrepreneur at heart. They come out of the real school of hard knocks with a 100% experience-based business education from the streets. The dope boy engages in every business function imaginable. They engage in illegal yet strategic and tactical plans of action for logistics, distribution networks, organized, organization management, profit maximization, pricing elasticity, product development, quality assurance, creative marketing, branding, benchmarking, feasibility studies, and so much more. They're the most innately developed entrepreneurs and business strategists within a thriving industry. And I noted that down as being like an ode to transferable skills. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, no, seriously. And like, he then goes on to point out the, the, the process, which is find, grind, flip. And I definitely relate that to to the business that that I do with my business partner in terms of finding the finding the clients, grinding, getting them as a clients, flipping flipping the profits and going again, and it's and it's a cycle um, using the same transferable skills that we did that we used when we was on the roads. So. On page 126, he talks about stunting and, and popping bottles, doing lifestyle. So he mentioned stunting the club, popping bottles, buying the bar out and staying turned up is his main campaign to promote, is his main campaign to promote himself. The D-boy is a branding expert. Um, initially, and I've noted this down because I'm just reading it as we're going through it. I agree with that, but the, it's, I put the, the, uh, the pushback is depending who you're trying to sell to. So obviously when you're trapping and you're, you're, you're in a club doing bottle, you're doing lifestyle and all that, that's basically, that's you promoting yourself to other trappers to say, look, man's getting this bread. You want to come, you want to come and work with me, man, get it in over it. But then, yeah, the reason, yeah, even as I'm thinking and I'm saying it, it's like, all right, cool, but the fiends ain't in the clubs. I was thinking the same thing. But what's that? I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, no, but the fiends ain't in the clubs unless you're trying to sell to the other D-boys, which when you get to a certain stage, that's what you're going to be doing anyway. So um, Swift George can, can uh, relate to that. So when you got to, because remember, you said you started off a bounce. Then he got to a point where he was making a million dollar, million pound deals. So obviously, when you're in a club, you're popping bottles doing table life. You're not doing it for the fiends. 
because you already got you've got trap boys under you doing that. Now you're getting all the other trap boys that's either picking up your nine bars or picking up boxes and picking up. Do you know what I'm saying? When they see you doing that, they're like, "Oh shit!" Like he's getting bread. I need to. So that's now the fiends are now not your clients. Now the other trappers are now your clients. So as I read that, I'm like, "Ah, right, cool." It depends on what level. And he goes on to speak about it a bit further down in the book. Um, or your client might your clients might just be in the club. If depends what you're 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 yeah, doing. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it goes hand in hand still. Oh, uh, I, just, God. I, don't, I don't know what I don't know what, what what's more worrying, selling to fiends or selling to to other D boys. The way they talk about yeah, running up on the plug boy, Jesus Christ. But anyway, <laughs> it's all part. Of, it's, all, it's all part of the business, man. It is what it is. But um, yeah, just before we 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 move on to chapter eight, um, there was some success profiles that I wanted to make, bring light to. And it, it's in the book. It's on one page. It's on page 128. And it's a program, I believe, called The Fire, Invent- the Fire Ventures. And they only train ex-cons to become successful entrepreneurs. And they've got a list of alumni from the program. And if you go to page 128, then you can see who those other gentlemen are, um, other black businessmen that have been uh, incarcerated and they've come out to set up their own business. And I think it would be a really good uh, page to look at, even if you don't read the whole book, at least get to see that there are other people that have been in this author's position and also have gone on to make multi-million pound companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's the last bit of chapter seven. If you guys want to add to it, then, then by all means do. No, I've got nothing else to add to that. All right, cool. Let's let's wrap it up for chapter seven then.